Gaming NBS, episode 247, coming to you Monday, June 17th, 2019. Gaming NBS, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Glad you're all here. How are you doing, Sean? Doing all right, Brett. How, how are you doing? Brett won Dad Day of the Year. The world this past weekend. I don't know if you want to say it or not. I just figured. No, it was... I'm really. It's it's very. I'm very proud of it. It's pretty cool. So, oddly enough, this this was something that I I knew was possible. Um, I'd seen it done before, but one of my stepdaughters, uh, her biological father, has not spoken to her for a long time. Twelve years plus now, yeah. right? Um, she had changed her last name to mine a while back. Kind of could... kind of a name change. Yeah, just right. last name. She calls me dad, and I've been dad for a very long time. So for Father's Day, I get you know some cool hunting stuff and a T-shirt and, and whatever, and then she gives me a card, and the card is the paperwork for me to adopt her, which is really cool. Yeah, man, that's freaking so, crazy. Just a holy cow. Yeah, so this is somebody who didn't, who could have easily gone her whole life and not done that. She didn't have to go out of her way to do that for me, so that was really sweet. If you follow my wife on Facebook, you can watch me ball like a baby and hold my daughter. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We'll uh, we'll put it up on the website. Yeah, um, thanks. <laughs> Brett crying because you know that's some people wonder about it. It happens. It was very emotional. It was really really cool though. Yeah. Very oh, fun. definitely, man. I think other. I mean, people that don't even know you would probably cry. Actually. They did. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's something else. That's a Father's Day gift. For yeah, sure, I mean, it's the. It sounds arrogant, but uh, you know, an, an adult person who could doesn't need to choose me chose me as their as their father. Yeah. That's it's very flattering and humil and humbling, and uh, makes you wonder like, am I good enough to do that? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was really cool. It was really cool. How was your Father's Day with your pops? Oh, he's good. My dad is such a simpleton. My wife planned everything. She's like, we're going to take him to the casino with, because uh, we're going to go with my brother-in-law, you know, and I'm like, fine. Like, I I like going to the casino about as much as. I like going to the casino. I've been to Vegas four times, ladies and gentlemen. I, none I of wouldn't. None of that interests me. I would, I, I don't have a problem going to Vegas, but I then get in the Vegas frame of mind. Like, I. I also am afraid that I don't just play slots. Like I don't just play them. Oh, I'm gonna go in there with like fifty bucks. Like I want money to blow, and then when I blow it, I will regret it. So therefore, I just don't play typically. Yeah, I've any of the few times I've gambled. If you ask my friends, I'm terrible at it, and I might as well just take the twenty dollars, divide it up amongst my friends, and go do something else. I'm yeah, I'd rather at it. I'd rather buy. So, shit, I can, so I'm like, yeah, I'll go buy game stuff. I could buy a new pack of broadheads for my bow. Or hey, that's a that's a box of bullets. Or hey, I could go buy a couple six packs and game with my buddies. Hey, let's do that instead. Or I could buy pizza tonight for the crew or something. So, so my dad goes there and you know spins the penny penny. There, it's like a whole different world than what I'm used to. Everything's there's no analog anymore. It's no, it's all, all digital. All digital, cartoony shit, loud as hell. Have no idea what the hell is going on half the time. Hey, my in-laws are, are good at that. They will sit there, tick, tick, tick. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm batting. And like fingers are a blur, which is hilarious because these are the same people that don't know how to use a smartphone. 
Right. <laughs> that just wow. kills me. Max, I'm like, max bet spin. Max you can, bet spin. You can work that, though, in jumping from game to game and this to this and how this one functions. You understand all the different pieces and parts. But if I tell you to send me a text, like, I don't know how to text. The f- what the? F- oh. oh, lovely. It's just a man I've seen people's lives like really just man what oh, they get ruined sometimes if they're not they, smart yeah they just whatever i guess what how to each their own but, but pop, that's what i had, did pops had fun apparently oh, we took them, and then we were looking at something and we took them along and that was it so very cool yeah all yes. right so game announcement shit. stuff we've got gameholcon.com that's coming up i'm gonna run cold shadows goddamn are you goddamn you should i am i'm gonna run cold shadows i might keep it to four players i would honestly i think that a spy game like that yeah i think um the more the tighter the crew the fewer the players you get a lot of role play opportunities out of it that way two yeah. or four hours what are you thinking uh that is a good question because i think i'm gonna have to get character generation involved Go four. Probably four, yeah. Four and character gen. So four hours, you'll have character gen, you'll have a bathroom break. Depends when it gets slotty, you might have a lunch. That's perfect. Basically, three to three and a half hours of gaming with yeah. half hour of other stuff. Cool. I got to get a source on some material for the Tomb of, a, tomb of Horrors if I'm going to do that. If I can get somebody to print out the pieces okay, and I could pay them to do that, then I'll, I'll run... Tomb of Horrors as well. Well, big miniature, Crawley, talking about. Yeah, I'll bring minis. Yep. Oh, I had to get hold of Raither. I wanted to do a trailer because he'll help us not too late. I can't hold him. Anyway. Anyways, so that's that's that. Evercon on the docket. Uh, good. Evercon.org is coming. That's our 20th anniversary. Again, it's a ways out, but take a look. Evercon.org. AwesomeDice.com. Brandon's still doing that for us. This is our last month. So any order of $10 or greater, use Gaming BS at the checkout. You'll get 15% off. And uh, this will be the last month. If you've not already put your name in for a drawing, put your name in. And you do that by going to our website and uh, signing up for our newsletter. As people who have done so can attest to, I don't know if we've sent a newsletter out in months. So, <laughs> But it's a good way for us to get a hold of people if we need to for anything. But anyway, do that. And then we'll put you in a random drawing and move forward. In the, let's see, Kickstarter world, my Avalon Kickstarter, again, is cooking along really well. Most of the encoded designs crew was at Origins. I know Kevin was there and Tom Flanagan, a whole bunch of other really cool people. Wayne Humphrey was there. Wayne doesn't listen to us anymore, but he still backs us. So, Wayne, if you listen to this, glad you had fun at Origins, brother. Anyway, um, so the encoded crew is back, and uh, we've got another update coming, of course, this Friday from Mr. Vecchione, our master project manager. And uh, things are cooking along really well to get the, the print-on-demand stuff going for the for the backers. So looking really forward to getting that done. And this month I have my in-person games that I owe the two people who backed at that level. So I'll be gaming with VC Young this weekend. And the last weekend of the month I kick things off with Lord Tentacle, Shannon, from, uh, from Alaska. He's a backer of ours and a supporter. He's a good, good dude all around. So that'll be fun. And... I would be remiss if we did not mention Dave Beatty and his successfully funded Dark Trails Kickstarter. Good job, Mr. Beatty. I messaged him on Facebook. I said, you know, dude, he had 882 backers, and uh, yeah, he did really well. He pulled in $59,172. Dude's done. He, yeah. he can retire now. Absolutely the- retired. Doesn't have to be a fireman anymore. No, he, he retired <laughs> once. 
didn't wasn't enough, and now didn't he's take. now he's got the cash. Now he's got the cash. <laughs> anyway, congrats, Dave. That is awesome. Proud of you, man. That's really cool. So I gave him shit that um, when I messaged him, I said, you know, your your Kickstarter was so large and successful, you make me look like an amateur. And he, and he said, oh my god, the headaches. <laughs> so he had a couple, he had a couple of things misfire, which always happens, right? Ah, oh, crap! And he was more or less a one man show for some of that stuff. But he's got some pretty pretty slick things, and he thought it out really well. So I'm looking forward to getting my goodies. Anything else, Sean? No. No. Then let's move on to random encounter and keep it cooking. All right, random encounter kickoff with a voicemail from Blake of House Ryan talking about eight small groups on this. Hi, this is Blake from Australia and just dropping some thoughts on the um, smaller parties or gaming in the small RPG groups. The pace moves are a lot quicker in smaller parties, so you have to keep in mind to sort of slow things down, flesh things out. Smaller parties need to have goals or respond to plot hooks. Um, if someone's feeling off that night, it has a great effect on the whole sort of game. If a motivated player is away, the game can stagnate. On those nights, it's best to run a game of a different style, so investigation or negotiation instead of dungeon bash. And sometimes you can head off a lack of enthusiasm with the smaller groups by asking what sort of mission they want to get into tonight. Of course, that's where preparation comes in handy. Or if you're really good at winging it, you're good to go. Uh, having two players, I've found, is way better than solo game. You still get the fast pace, but you'll, you get interaction as well. The GM can play a range of NPCs, but then you don't get to watch the players interact. So you miss out on that particular flavour of fun. I have run games with three players where one player barely interacted with NPCs or the other players. He did his role in fighting and that's it. Uh, it would have been better if it, they weren't there. They would have been better if someone else played two characters, because it just made the game start where you need interaction. In modern games, it's easier with smaller parties because, you know, you don't have to worry about separating the group because you've got cars, you can quickly get to each other or to different crime scenes or whatever. You've also got phones, so you can talk to each other while you're at different places. So you've still got the interaction, you've still got the getting separated and coming to rescue each other or whatever, but it's much much more manageable than other fantasy games. In D&D, but also in Shadowrun and modern future games, smaller groups, you can go with, you know, two characters per player, but you don't have to. You can use stuff to crowd control if you're worried about the combat side of things. So like Alchemist Fire, Holy Water, Acid, Nets, Marbles, Caltrops, all that sort of stuff to maneuver the bad guys so that you're only dealing with some of them at a time to slow them down or just flat out take them out. And there's modern equivalents like claymores, grenades, you know, concussion grenades, um, tasers, all that sort of stuff. And most of them are fairly cheap compared to the, you know, high-end firearms of Cyber Rail or whatever. But yeah, just think about what you're doing. There you go. Those are very good points. Yeah, <clears throat> the speed and the um, you got to grow, grab onto stuff, and so forth. I like uh, Ryan Blake, man. That's good stuff, Mister Blake Ryan, with good good points. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, thanks for that audio, Blake, and some insight. And if you didn't catch it on the last episode, Blake was the voice of our outro. <laughs> little, his little tunage on the outro. That was fun. Yeah. All right, so I'll do the next one here. We've got Matt of House V commenting on gaming and small groups again. I played in two solo games and ran a solo game. Um, the first one I played in was 3.5, then a buddy and I swapped running Pathfinder games one summer. I don't think either, either of those systems are optimal for that type of game, but we made them work back then. 
For the first one, he let me roll up a companion that traveled with my main character. He was very modular and actually pretty heavily combat-focused. It was basically a giant dungeon crawl, although none of it took place in a dungeon. I'm sure I had something to, to keep me alive, uh, but honestly, I don't remember. It was pretty fun life, but, but li- it was pretty fun. But life got in the way, so we didn't actually finish the game. Got about halfway through it. For the Pathfinder games, we did Gestalt characters, <clears throat> which is where you are two classes in the same character. In case you don't know, usually pulling all class abilities plus the best saves slash attacks. My friend and my friend used a third party class dragon rider, which gets a pet dragon, and I played a summoner druid. So I had an Eladon and an animal companion. It went pretty well. Neither of us died. <laughs> there were certainly more of a focus on single encounters and role play, although we both still had some dungeons. It was actually a real fun summer. We tried to keep it going, but couldn't maintain it after that. I would say if I was going to do a solo or two-person party, I'd certainly go with another system, probably something with a point buy. There's a lot. There is a lot more flexibility in a point buy to help players round out their character. Shadowrun would be a great system for small parties, especially if you're going for a low combat game. Really, when Shadowrun was first ran for me, the GM told me, you only do combat when a run is going badly. Well, well, I, well now I don't necessarily believe that, and their missions aren't always set up that way. It's easy to, it's easy to set them up that way if you need to. This would probably be one of my go-tos in such a situation. Fate could work excellent as well, or Gumshoe. Even a supers game like Mutants and Masterminds could probably pull it off. Most Powered by Apocalypse games could do it. Many may work better with one or two players, honestly. I think it just depends on what you want out of your game. If it means you can get some more gaming in, I think it's definitely worth pursuing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I was wondering how many people would, um, even if they didn't write in, would go, yeah, you know, I've run, I played solo D&D or I ran for a friend of mine or a friend of mine just ran for me because I think, I think that might be more common than we may believe, small groups, you know, especially if you really want to play in person. As I said with AJ and Alana, my two younger kids at home, there's just three of us. So it's it's very common for us. And I think a lot of... Um, Younger gamers, perhaps, or even older gamers, I think it might be might be more common than we think to have like you know three or less players. So, anyway, over to you, Sean. Crim fan comments on the playing in small groups. He was the one that brought up the topic, actually, or at least mentioned it in a comment. Yeah, he was the most recent one. Yes, yes, I should have I should have brought that up before. Crim fan, I apologize. I didn't realize this would be the main topic when I wrote all my comments on a few shows back titled Random Encounters, where there was a fair bit of discussion that I'd only gotten to listen to yesterday. There was a lot of useful discussion here. I've run a ton of small group games, including D&D, particularly using an ensemble ensemble cast model, model where players have multiple PCs, but usually only play one at a time, possibly boosted up by some henchfolk or hirelings. It works fine, and overall, I think it's my favorite style of game. But as you guys said very clearly, the game needs to be tailored for it, and a lot of choices need to be thought through because games like D&D in particular was not built to run that way. I prefer to I prefer it to larger groups because of the intensity. I think, though, that everyone at the table needs to be engaged in the game. So it's not a good match for less RP active and overall less motivated players. By the way, by and by, by the by, you guys really should do a show on random encounters and RPGs. Didn't we do one? You're muted. Uh-huh. 
thinking broadly about using random events or you encounters. <laughs> I just, I, I thought I hit the unmute. We did do one, but it's been a long time. It would definitely yeah. be worth coming back to. They're random and they're encounters. And they it happens. Up, it's like around. this. It's like this episode. Blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> roll some dice. Oh, no, monster. I like to use randomization a lot to help improvise, to drive things, or to break out of a rut. But I think random encounters have largely fallen out of favor in contemporary adventure design. Love to hear your guys' takes. However, the action economy really nerfs them, so you may want to allow potion consumption on a bonus action. Hmm. Hmm. Be careful of using things that are really swingy, like critical rules. Foes make way more rolls than the PCs, so the dice swing is always against the PCs. Average damage is not a bad thing, for example. Uh, I don't know, man. He's talking um, about small. He's talking about small groups now. I know, but if I only have one monster and you still got three player characters, yeah. But he's saying if getting you do a little things, tired of three attacks on my one dude. No, I told him. Well, then jack it up, dude. Get that dude a little extra juice. But what he's saying is things are swingy, like critical rolls. Oh, sure. If you take critical rolls or something like that, and add in two, three, four goblins, you know, four goblins against two PCs. Oh, sure. A, a swingy effect will cut the PCs down to size right fucking quick. So, uh, You may want to relax concentration rules for PC spellcasters a bit. For instance, allowing two spells or letting a spell hang around for one round after concentration ceases. Henchfolk really help a ton, uh, a ton to beef up the party. However, they should be constructed not to outshine the PCs in their area of expertise. For example, if the PCs are primary primarily casters, have them uh, have some warrior types or a rogue or two. There are plenty NPC builds in the various monster books. Thug, veteran, berserker, berserker, archer, scout, etc. All work great for this. If you do make them with the class system, you might want to make them lower level, but you definitely want to make them quick to run with minimal choice points, especially if you farm out the combat playing to the players, which is often a good idea. This means that, say, a paladin or battlemaster is a bad choice, but a champion fighter is a good one. Not sure the difference is, but it's much better for a caster to be a warlock, maybe a reskinned one with a custom spell list, than a sorcerer, Due to the fact that the Warlock's casting is much less bookkeeping intensive and their default action is easy to administer. The sidekick rules that were on Unearthed Arcana aren't a bad start. If you have a DM PC, I never understood that. The NPC the Game Master runs with you? Yeah. I, I did it. Not often, but I have done it. Carry on. If you have a DMPC who's a peer or near peer of the PCs, again, make sure they don't outshine the PCs and the PCs' chosen areas of expertise. If you're, you may want to have several available, but only have one active in the party at a time. Let's talk about DMPCs. Mm -hmm. Think of a console RPG for a good example of how this might work. You can have the other characters be using. Be busy doing. Man, I cannot read. You can have the other characters be busy doing other things that are relevant. For example, Zell the scout rogue is scouting in the direction the PCs plan to go with a time to report back, assuming things go well and she doesn't run into problems on her journey. When she's busy doing that, she's not in the party. 
That makes it feel like the supporting staff aren't just sitting there. So Zell might get captured on her journey and end up needing rescue. She can also have an agenda of her own and thus provide adventure hooks. Henches can become really beloved characters in their own right if you give them a good personality that complements the PCs. One of my favorite creations as a DM was Ro- Rogaro, the half-orc. He started as a, pri- a pirate who'd been impressed into a pri- pirate crew the PCs tangled with. Partly due to luck, the PC spared him and took over the ship. He became a loyal sailor, then first mate, advancing due to the casualties and departures. Well, right? It's like corporate America there. Uh, eventually, after the PCs had to abandon their ship due to campaign events, he became the captain. And when they met him long after, he was old and mostly retired. Now he's mentoring a new group of PCs, played by most of the same players. Nice. I tell you, I would be remiss. I did not mention this last time, but we're talking about um, ensemble cast. Troop style play is a thing. Ars Magica. Um, I don't know if it introduced it, but that's the game that I recall reading for the first time that implemented that, where basically everyone are sorcerers, wizards, and then you have grogs, um, fighters, and so forth, because your wizard would have to go do wizard stuff, i.e., sit in a tower for a month or a week or something and research a spell or do something and your player needed something else to do. So you'd have these NPCs that were available that they would grab onto one of those and, and use them, the supporting cast, if you will. So such a thing is not necessarily unheard of. And ours might actually has it built into, I've not read a newer version of it since like third or fourth edition, but last I checked, it was built directly into it. So that's good stuff. Very cool. Thank you, Crim Fan. Always well thought out. Good Crim feedback. Fan put some effort into that one. Thanks, Crim Fan. Yes, thank you much. All right, let's go into the main topic. Dude. All right, Brett. You ready? What in the hell are we talking about this week? So a while back, I brought up this idea about running your home games like your con game. And I was shouted down roundly by folks saying, you can't do that. If you're going to run a campaign, you'll break your goddamn campaign, you rules-bending son of a bitch. Um, people also said nice Just things. Just like that, too. They like, were pretty Brett mean. Brett is they reading pretty... that right off of feedback. Yeah, it was pretty mean. I think Mud Skipper did it to me. Um... Mud Skipper! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mud Skipper. Anyway. So <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I don't think I presented this well. I don't think I got my point across, blah, blah, blah. So off the mics, I told Sean what I want to talk about. And one of the things that Sean and I have bemoaned, if you will, for the past four years is, one of the reasons we like to find new games, buy new games, try new games is, Sean called it wonderment, right? Is that idea of when you first played and you're like, wow, what is this horrible reptilian dog-like creature that's like the size of a hobbit, you tell me, and it's running and yapping and barking and trying to stab me and my friends. That's a kobold. Oh, what the hell is a kobold, right? It's a warg. Yeah, the crazy, <laughs> the craziness that came of it and how we've talked about Dungeon Crawl Classics. <coughs> Excuse me, and other games like that that encourage you don't give the name of the monster, describe the monster. Basically trying to reinstill or maintain the sense of wonder, exploration, and newness. So one of the things that I was thinking about it's that the sense of wonder and amazement, the all things are new. It feels like this proverbial dragon, right? 
we're chasing that dragon as experienced gamers. You, how do we get that? Because sometimes, honestly, knowing too much or, or um, like, oh, 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 that's a that's a Shoggoth. Oh, that's a that's a deep one. Oh, that's a this. We've talked about this for Call of Cthulhu. If you know too much, it kind of degrades the fun or it can wreck the fun of people around you. If you can't suspend it, or even if you try, having new something new and crazy is fun, right? Something new and different can be entertaining. And I think one of the other pieces that comes with it reminds me a lot of convention play and also how when I've talked about running games for kids or new people, we often hear the advice, you know, rule of cool or anything is possible, right? So somebody wants to do something, it's a convention game, The rule there is no rule for X thing to occur. Be like, you know what? God damn it, it's a four-hour convention game. We're at three hours and 45 minutes. This is the final encounter. God damn right you do. Eileen, give me a roll. Boom, she drops a natural 20. Whoa, it works. It's crazy. Everybody has a good time. The kids are playing. The new player's playing. And they tell you, like my buddy, uh, AJ's buddy, I should say, said, Danny was like, hey, I want to stab the wild boar in the nose. <laughs> and people said, Brett, you should let him do that. He's a new player. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's going way back. It is. And then I got some people getting giving me crap a little bit like, oh, no, no, no. You got to let him do it. He's a new player. And I, I thought about that. And it irritates me, honestly, because <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. So only kids and new players get to do whatever they want. Why is that? Or are con games is the only place. Now, granted, nothing's this black and white, but the feeling I get oftentimes when I read things online or I see advice or theories that people throw out is new players, kids, um, especially kids and new players, and then convention games can have an anything goes mentality. Sean, when you ran, um, what was it? Forget about it. The one time you said, "Okay, we're gonna play." Anybody play? Forget about it. No. Is anybody? No, Savage Worlds, no. All right. <laughs> Throw the book to the side. Let's just go. I'll tell you what, what to roll. Um, <clears throat> this idea of our players looking at us and saying, I want to do something. And then we as the game master say, hey, um, roll onto your strength. We'll see if you can do it. Uh, give me a percentile check. Roll a D6. If you six or uh, four or five or six, you do it. And so on. Those bits and pieces we often pull out for convention games, for season gamers, and oftentimes for new players and kids. And part of me thinks that's kind of stupid that those times, places, and groups are the only ones that get to have that fun. But then I'm told, oh, but you'll break your campaign if you do that too often. I'm like, well, I don't think you're necessarily going to break your campaign. So that is one what I want to talk about. Again, bring it back. Sean, you with me? You tracking? You think I'm crazy? I like you, Betty. (laughs) It's Danny, sir. (laughs) Danny. So what do you think? Oh, yeah, man. I'm with you, dude. Are are you seriously, or are you just saying that to shut me up? No, I'm with you, but I think think it's just a way to... So are you enthusiastic, and you're saying that because I'm enthusiastic during a con game, I take it back to my home group... And then make it a better game. Or So what I'm saying is that so <clears throat> a convention game, we let lots of stuff slide or we break yeah. the rules or bend them. Yeah. I think GMs sometimes can be a little heavy handed in the they can't their day to day campaigns. 
I think we do that because we feel that we need to maintain a level of continuity and clarity. And I think when I brought out the idea of, hey, you can break that shit, there is the the fear that that will run amok. If you destroy balance, if you're really into balance, or you destroy a rule system or an unfair advantage or disadvantage, if it becomes the norm, because oftentimes we look at that stuff as that's the house rule of the moment. Brett has just house ruled that we can fight underwater for 10 minutes without having to do a breath roll check because Brett forgot or whatever. Ah, well, last time we never had to make breathing checks. Why do we have to do them now? You know, we don't want that argument, that stupid fight. Yeah. However, I think there are, I was thinking back to my last Pathfinder game and then the last games I ran with my kids. And I thought, I do very similar things with my kids that I do with the guys I've been gaming with for almost 30 years. You do? Yes. So I have examples. Oh, shit. Should I hit you with them? <laughs> so you, you're saying you do the same things with your kids that you do with your normal game group. Now, you got to remember, my daughter was the one who looked me in the eye and said, so if we kill the goblins, I skin them and wear his hide. She's 10. I could I could sneak into the goblin camp, right? Oh, that girl. <laughs> I said, Ilana, your character is is good alignment. Yeah, but it, it it's it's not it's kind of morally questionable that we got to a long dodge. <laughs> She's debating alignment already. <laughs> with, Jesus. with my ten year old, she's also the same one that as um, uh, Rayos can attest to. She's that when they found out that the uh, bad that the bad person she had swallowed the key that would release the lamplighter. She said, "Well, I guess we had to kill her and gut her." <laughs> I mean, that's one so, way to get it out. So, if you're wondering if. If it's gruesome and violent in Brett's home game with my kids, yeah, it can be a little bit. Anyway, <clears throat> so here's the deal. I will have at the group table, my home group, uh, not my kids, my my longtime guys, my gaming group from like 30 years. People, I want to, well, I don't really see how I can. You, you hear people, they'll fumble, they'll be working through it. And I will say, I don't worry if there's a rule. Tell me what you're trying to do. Yeah. I let the group... By doing that, I'm saying I'm open to out-of-the-box, non-codified by the rules, ideas, or actions. Tell me what it is you want to do, and we'll make and we'll decide how we make this work. May do, well, it, to, may do it as a group. Well, I think most game masters, when presented with that situation itself, where the player is struggling to convey what Good game masters will definitely. And I'm, they'll just ask, good. tell me what the hell you're trying to do. If you're if you want to know a thing that will make you a better game master, that is one of them. Yeah, what is it you're trying to like, do? What ask are you trying them. to do? Yeah. Help them. Explain to me what you're trying to do and accomplish here. And then sometimes they want to do something crazy. Yeah, and then you just say, What the hell are you thinking? You no, that doesn't do that, that doesn't and, work. So here's what happens, right? Just kidding. So someone says something. Well, I wanna stab so AJ's buddy Danny says, I wanna stab Danny, me. another Danny. I, I wanna stab the dire boar in the nose. He explains to me what he wants to do. And I foolishly at the time said, there are no called shots. That happens. I have seen and heard and talked to other people. That happens in home games all the time. Sorry, there's no called shots. A game you can't do that. Do something else. People get node, right? Where when I'm on my game and I'm doing it right, in my opinion, doing it right as in I'm having the most fun and my players are having the most fun. That's all I mean by that. I will give temporary advantages or disadvantages if they do something, right? So an example I wrote down in my notes here is like, okay, that'll work, but only for a bit. It's a limited bonus or a benefit for a creative activity. 
right? So somebody wants to do something. They want to distract the great orc barbarian chieftain long enough that the thief can come up and administer a healing potion to the cleric. Well, uh, well, unless you hit him, is there, how, how are you going to distract him? And you just, you know what? I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. This is going to work in this case. And what you're doing is I'm saying that you're going to get to try the craziest thing you want to do. I like to leverage the core mechanic. If I'm, if it's a mechanical thing, you know, if it's D 20 and if it's advantage, disadvantage, grant, give, however, or if you've got fine, that I'll take two bennies. Slide two bennies this way and let you have that one. There's no rule, probably. You don't play Savage Worlds. Don't know, even try it. I know. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Is that you can do stuff. <clears throat> you can say, you know what? I'll do that, but I get a free GM intrusion in Cypher System. I'm going to do that, but I'll take that. However, um, I think between that and my other favorite one is I'll, uh, they'll do something. They'll say, look, I'm going to roll the hit. If I hit him... I just want to blind him temporarily because the party's going to run away. So I want to put a cut above his eye so blood rushes and all we're going to do is back off. You don't actually want to do any damage. No, I just want to cut his eye and make him stagger back a little bit. I don't care if I actually hurt him. I just want to give us a moment to drag the cleric away. You know what? Go for it. I'll, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do it. However, it's not going to cause any damage. He's going to bounce right back. And if anybody on the group attacks him and doesn't do what you just said, the deal's off. Right, then he's going to come back at you. Yeah, okay, fair. Everybody, oh, well, maybe I should. No, shut the fuck up, Richie. You're not attacking him. We're backing up. All right, then they do the thing. He rolls his he rolls his 20 or 25 to hit the armor class. He cuts the orc chieftain. They drag the cleric back, and we start the fight again, right, or whatever happens at that point. That would happen in a con game. That would happen often with kids or first-time players because you want this dramatic, thematic thing. And, yes, there's, there's a game system out there. D&D is the example I'm using. To let you burn different feats and so forth. But what I'm saying is that letting that stuff happen, that is a thematic, wonderful thing that I remember from my first time playing. When I talk to my kids, when I talk to new players, did you have fun? Yeah. What'd you really like? Oh my God, that one time. And every fucking time they come up with something that was fun, it had nothing to do with the rules. No, it's, I really like the way you adjudicated the grappling system. I've never heard that before. So I like I love the fact that I got to do this crazy thing. I love the fact that I tried to do this crazy thing and it failed horribly. Oh my god, if only I could have grabbed the hill giant by the ears. That would have been just so amazing. I'm positive I could have like steered him like a big bull or something. Even if they fail or they win, that sense of wonder and that sense of I'm in the moment and I want to do something cool and creative. I think is one of the key pieces that we as game masters and players, if we collaborate that way, we bring that con game feel, that that first time play feeling comes up. It doesn't have to happen all the time. When you do that, it bubbles that type of stuff to the top. You tracking with me, Sean, or are you you're just bored with me? You're bored with no. me. <laughs> no, but I'd love a I'd love a guy in my game group named Danny. Yeah, would you? Yeah, because then I'd just do Caddyshack all day with him. You take right. drugs. You take drugs, Danny. <laughs> next time, uh, every, day, uh, every day, every day. AJ's next birthday good, party. Then what? Then what's your problem? I don't know. <laughs> AJ's next birthday party. I'll invite you over to Game Master Forum. You, you can just da- pick what's up, Danny. Danny? The problem is Danny's thirteen and he's uh, he's bigger than you. Whoa! <laughs> so I'm pick on Danny too much. Let's squash it flat. Anyway, 
gotta is, go to, is, I gotta go to college. <laughs> you don't have to go to college. This isn't Russia. Is this Russia? This isn't Russia. <laughs> is this Russia? Caddyshack, go no, no, watch no, no, it. No, 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 no. So, do you like what I'm saying? Do you think I'm crazy? Am I? I always think you're crazy, Brett. Yeah, I know. But would you try this? Does it make sense? Do yeah, you do man. Anything? Do you do I, anything like this? Yeah, I do it every game I run. You're lying to me. Every I can see game. you're lying to me. That's your Call lying. Call Tony Sugarloaf Baker. You are lying to Josh my face. Wallace, he- I've uh, gamed with you. Liar. No, well, that's just you, Brett. Oh, <laughs> that's just me. Get out, stay on the fucking ship. See what happens. Well, so you don't create anything. You don't. You. Yeah. Don't. I've already admitted I was bad and I was naughty. I but here's done. Brett's dy- dynamics. What are you doing, Brett? Wait, stay, Brett, I, hey, I, what are you doing, Brett? What's your guy ship. doing? I stay on the ship and lock it stay down. Stay on the ship and lock it down. And <laughs> run some sensors. Well, damn. I mean, how how rule of cool can that be? No, fair enough. However, though, do you do you see what I'm saying? Though that type of feeling, it doesn't have to happen all the time in the home game. But I think it's. It's a piece that, and maybe I'm making a mountain of molehill, and people do this all the time. Well, I think they they should. I I think there is an inherent for whatever reason, and I think that's why like some that play BX and some of the older games that don't have any of those weird tactical rules, mm-hmm. they come up with that goofy shit. And the game master or dungeon master is like, yeah. Okay, great. Sounds I'll, ju- good. I'll adjudicate that. The fuck? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll let you do that, but you got to roll a 10 or above or whatever on a D20, or you got to roll your decks. Whatever it is, maybe there's some weirdness. Like you said, the, the cutting of the eye, like cutting their forehead so it bleeds into their eyes or something. Yeah, okay, you got to roll the hit. Or are they even moving? Maybe you just go up and snick them, you know? Um. So, for an example, Nick's character in my last Pathfinder game, there's this huge black obelisk. The bad guy at the Slod, Slodai, Slodi, Slodai, are <clears throat> feeding NPCs into it in order to open open this huge portal to Erlig, this nasty god in Avalon. They're trying to crack this thing. This horrible thing's going to occur. And they're chucking. I'm saying this because the guys don't listen to the podcast, so they'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, so they're they're feeding NPCs into it. I have noted that it will take 10 levels of character or NPC. All the NPCs are level one, so I got plenty of time while they chuck them in there. Once it hits 10, shit gets bad. Okay, I've got notes. Just look at bad at 10. Shit gets real. So they have saved, accidentally killed, driven off or whatever, all the NPCs that they can. There is, what is it? He's eight. So there, he's seventh level, so there's three there are three NPCs that I got their little minis sitting on top of the obelisk drawing. You're like, okay, that's the number of NPCs in there. The big nasty guy grabs Nick's sorceress, right? This this um, this character, um, she is a dragon disciple. And going to chuck her, picks her up, grappling check made. Next round, throws her. Just chucks her through the wall of fire that the group had put up around the thing to try to keep things out. So she gets cooked on the way through and smack. She hits the obelisk. <clears throat> she should just be flat dead. Right. So Nick's like, oh, fuck, I'm dead. I said, oh, no, 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 no. But what level is she? Seventh. Seven. That's a lot of hit points. Exactly. So I said, no, dude. Wait, it's his, we're talking energy drain, level drain, old school level drain. Oh, okay. You get a chance. You get a saving throw. Oh, boy. But it's going to get penalized. The first one's good. After that, it's hard. What's my DC? DC's 25, man. 25? He's like, fuck me. In it's fifth his, ed? 
in Pathfinder, yeah. Oh, wow. Pathfinder. It's 25, yeah. dude. And he's like, oh, yeah. Christ. Okay. All right. He grabs his die flip. Nat 20. He just puts his hands up. Everyone, the table erupts. We're like, oh, my God. And we, he, he, he saves crushed himself. Crushed it. Crushed he just it. crushed Just fucking crushes it. That moment was the piece of the fight that everybody cared the most about. Yeah. Now, there was no... The way I had designed thought of the whole thing was that's how many rounds a character will last. I'd never said that they get to be free. Anything crazy happens. I had no plans to like throw them bodily onto the thing. But I'm like, I ran out of NPCs. Something crazy is going to happen. I'm going to grab you and chuck you. That is the type of thing that I think people people do often at their games, or at least the good gamers and the good game masters, the ones that are trying to have a good time with all their crew and whatever. That's the type of thing they're doing. And when we go to convention games, you talk to people, how'd that go? Oh, we did. Oh, it was great. We had this really cool. Oh, this time, Nick. And then this other guy's character, the sorceress got flung up to the obelisk. Oh, my God. You rolled this great die roll. That made that whole evening right there, that event. And when I'm looking at the different games, <clears throat> I don't want to go too far and have have that every encounter, every session, or break the core mechanic and, and, and make up crazy-ass weird shit if I, if I don't have to. But I want to have... I strive to have some kind of um, convention-like emotion or first-gamer-type emotion every game session. If I can, I don't always come up with it. Sometimes like that, I just don't think I got it. Sometimes it's a reveal. Oh my God, it's my sister. Oh, curtain closed. Oh my God. Oh my God. Shit. We're related, blah, blah, blah. But I want to have something that is wonderful and and sometimes shocking or terrifying or whatever it is. Every game session, I try to make every game session have some of that. I don't always win at that goal. I sometimes fail, but I think that's a piece that if you make that a thing you want to accomplish, Sean, I think that sense of wonder you and I have talked about, I think that will happen more often because you're trying to make it happen, not waiting for it to happen. You know what I'm saying? And by taking the, the lessons you learn running convention games, running for new players or kids, you can bring that to your old Grognard group. right? Well, that, well the players have got to come up with some of this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, what I'm saying is when encouraging them, you know, okay, don't worry about the rule. Tell me what you want to do. All right, that'll work. However, you know, that'll work for a bit. It's a yes and or a yes but. We've talked about that before. Um, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you do that thing, Sean, but you're going to be at disadvantage for the next round. Yes, use a disadvantage mechanic for that. Hey, I'll, I'll let you do it, but you're going to be at minus four on your next die roll. Totally fine. Don't care. Sure, you can spend all your willpower. You're not supposed to be able to spend your willpower, all of it by the rule. But I'll let you do this thing. But you're a goddamn mushroom for the next three rounds. Yes, I know. I understand. I think those things, to me, always bring to mind the really kick-ass con game stories are here. And the really kick-ass... I just ran my first game of Dungeon Crawl Classics for somebody. And we really just cut loose and everything got crazy. I just ran Call of Cthulhu for, the fir- for this group for the first time. They did some crazy-ass shit. And, oh, well, it just... It went... It was nuts. Those types of things... We should strive, I think, to have those pieces in our normal game whenever we can. We're not always going to win, or not win is wrong. We're not always going to make that happen, but I think it's a piece we should try to do. So I don't know if I made my point any better than I did last time, but that's what I'm saying. What do you think? What are your you got questions? You think I'm crazier than you? Yeah, I, th- I think the rule of cool should be 
forefront most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I hear but, but we well, there's the you can't do that. You can't move that far. You're not in range. You're you can't cast and move or do whatever. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I, I've had that happen where it's like, um, no, you can't do that. Like you gotta. So if the play now, if I tell you, hey, your character can't. You can only quad move. You can't quad move and attack. Look, Brad, here's the deal. I want to quad move and jump on them. All I'm trying to do is entangle them. I just want to get a grapple attempt on them. Yeah, but the rule states. I'll tell you what. I will take. You can, you know, I'll take a penalty. I'll take five points of damage. You could rend my armor off of me. Just do. I really, really need to make this happen. I think if the player comes up with that bargain it, that we can bargain some of this stuff out i guess is what i'm is partly what i'm saying right i'm willing to give you sean the game master 10 of my hit points i'll take disadvantage for the next round i will go unconscious by doing this i need to make this happen i'll go to zero hit points by throwing myself with a fire giant in order to knock him sideways so he can't smash oh the my god then just fucking do it oh my god <laughs> Jesus, that's what I would be like at the table. Like, really, you'd be yes. that you'd be that douchebag that wouldn't be like, oh yeah, fine. Your fun is useless to me. That's, that's what you would that's say. That's my that's my old game group. That's what they would say. Like they would, Jeff would do. Jeff would do this to me, and, and he you would don't like drive that? me. Why don't you like that stuff? I actually don't mind it, but I don't have to have a five minute rationale diatribe of what. Oh like, yeah, okay. Like, all right, dude, just Got give it. me a roll. Like, Got it. Let's go. But I want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. It's okay. Climb down off the soapbox for all your friends. We're all voting yeah, hey. the same way. Let's go. All let's right. go. Let's I'm go. On the, I'm on the same page. Okay, gotcha. go ahead. Let's let's make this thing happen, dude. Well, that, I'm, that's I'm, a different problem that I'm talking let's about. Let's roll, dude. We're, we don't have like eight more hours. But you do like, you do allow and let that stuff go? Well, I I do, but there is also a certain limitation because what I often get from my buddy Jeff, Jeff, my buddy Jeff, he just kills me. I hope you listen to this damn freaking podcast, Jeff. And he he's probably laughing his ass off, but he will go to the like he will be like, dude, how far am I away? I don't know, a hundred feet. Like just something obnoxiously far. All right, if I take that divide by the square root of pi. Okay, so if I okay, I got like dash as a bonus action, and I can move up to like forty feet. And if I take off my armor, I'll give me like an extra ten feet. Um, and then I'm gonna jump over them. I got smite. I'm gonna smite them, and then I'm gonna come down with my second hand and I'm gonna take them. And he gets all excited and crazy. And I'm Isn't like, Isn't that cool to watch though? Yes, <laughs> it is a blast. I love watching that shit, dude. The, oh, when you can have Jeff in your game group. That's all he does. No, he doesn't always do that. As soon I've as had I... Lenny standing on chairs throwing dice at me before, <laughs> right? I'm not kidding. So when he does it, it's fine. But what happens is he's like trying to pull off something that is completely and utterly too ri- much ridiculous. Like, I'm not saying rule cool, I'm saying like. I'm going to move 100 feet, and then I'm going to do my bonus action and my regular action that gives me two attacks, and then what I get to do is I'm going to cast a spell, and then I'm going to smite him. All right? Is that cool? Does that work? <laughs> and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? That's like four, five actions. That's 16 dude. actions and half. What? No. Well, what, what are you saying? So come on. Come on, Sean. He'll be, come, <laughs> come on, Sean. Have a big old smile on his face. Dude, I'm telling you, when Jeff rolls dice, like I know people have no idea who this freaking guy is. 
But when Jeff, when Jeff rolls dice, he rolls them against my DM screen, which like puts probably Nick's in the damn things. Cause he's like, come on, baby. And he rolls them. Like and a crap table. He does. Bam! He rolls them like a crap table, like crack, you know, crack on my freaking DM screen. And then he's like, when it, and it's like silent right after that. Yeah. So it's like, and then, <laughs> yes. He, like silence, and then his head explodes, and the, all the blood goes to his head. His face gets real red. He points at the dice, and he's like, "Yeah, baby, look at that, Shambo!" And he's like, "I'll, just I'll tell you, I'll tell you out what, of his freaking mind." I will take that over the. <laughs> I will take that over the other players I've had over the years. What do you do? Um, what 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 die do I use? You, are you attacking? What is it? My turn. <laughs> Oh, oh, I've got yeah. those too. But, I've got but, you, those. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I've mean got... the dude. The dude's into it now. Granted, oh. he he's overly into it. Perhaps. Oh, yeah. But... Jeff is like just, and he'll be like, and he yells like at the top, <laughs> yeah, baby, Sean, baby, yeah, take that, critical. And then he's That's like trying awesome. to figure out his damage, and I'm like, I will record him. I will record him. Someday. I gotta hear this. I will record him. I gotta hear this if I can, because it's it's hard because you have to like probably record so, like a full hour of so combat. Let's, so let's say you don't have a Jeff. Let's say you had other gamers. Let's say other gamers. Jeff's my muse. So at con games and stuff, do, do you see what I'm saying though? This type of crazy. <laughs> I don't even need a con game. Man. You don't even need a con. You just I got just a Jeff. Have... I just break Jeff out. He'll just drive it all nuts. Yeah. Uh, he's the only guy though that gets told. I mean, he will go off the freaking brink, man. Because so so here's the other piece, I guess, to wrap up my perspective on he's this. He's like, ooh, <laughs> that's gotta hurt. It's like gaming with Randy that, Macho Man Savage dude, he at does every that. session. I'm not making. Oh this, yeah, I'm, critical. I'm not making this shit up. He will be like, ooh, Sean, baby, that's gotta hurt. That's awesome. And then that just pisses me off more, which means I gotta squash him on the next one. I love this guy. Sean's Sean's my spirit animal now. I, I am mean, not Jeff shitting is Jeff, you. I am not embellishing this at I, all. And I if believe you. you. I believe I've you. talked about Jeff before. He's the guy where when we were kids, his shit, his character got killed. He threw, <laughs> he threw all his books in the, in the snow. So yeah, right. he can get a little bit into it. So all right. Oh, that's I should get. You know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> get him to do it, and he'll be like, I, it. "That's a soundbite." I a gotta record bite. him so I can play that oh shit when God. we when we have like a, a home run on the podcast. I'll just fucking hit Jeff's voice. So, the last thing I'll say on this, and this is maybe a piece you you might have a feels on or want something, but I've been told before, like, "Oh, you should play this other game because it does that crazy." amazing thing better for you it it incorporates it into the actual game yeah and i'm like yeah but my players don't want to play that they want to play pathfinder like mighty deeds yeah i mean dcc fighter mighty deeds my my group had fun with pat with uh dungeon crawl classics but really don't want to make a campaign out of it they like this other game (laughs) i can't not every player wants to play all of these different games that are specific for this type of feel or event or this or incorporate blah, blah, blah. They want to have that feeling regardless of the game. And I don't have a problem with that. If you have a group and you want to run a game like, hey, I want to run Dungeon Crawl Classics and your group says, I hate that game. You're like, why do you hate that game? It's got all the stuff you need. No, they, they can't explain it. They don't want to explain it. Maybe they just don't want to buy the damn book. I don't fucking know. 
but they want to play Pathfinder, or they want to play Savage Worlds, or they want to play something else. You're like, you know what? I, Savage I think- Worlds has got some good stuff in it and whatever. It's great. But what I'm saying is that you don't, when you hear someone say, you're playing the wrong game, you should play this other game because it does that thing better, that might not even apply to you. What I'm saying is that when you go to a convention and you play the game that's supposed to be really cool and allow this thing, like Sean's forget about a game because fuck it, throw the rules out because no one here even knows the rules. We're just going to play a game. Well, I got to still kind of roll with what needs to be done. Like yes, there needs to be but, like roles and there yes. needs to be an outcome. You're still doing core mechanic type stuff. Yeah, what of I'm course. saying is you sh- don't feel obligated to, like I did to Danny. <laughs> Danny, hey, I'm, Danny, I'm having a party this weekend. Where I told, How would you like to come over and mow my lawn? Stop. Where I told AJ's buddy, no, there's no cold shots in this game. You don't have to do it to your first-time player. You don't have to do it the kids are playing with you. You don't have to do it with the, with the adults and the grognards playing with you either. Right? You can do this fun. You can bring this con game fun, this wonderful wonderment to your game, even if there's no specific rule for it. And if somebody says, oh, you that game's no good for that. You need to do this other game. I don't believe that. If you're playing a game with your crew and you're having a good time, there's no reason that you can't introduce these bits and pieces to it. Dude, I so I put this out on Twitter recently and it's it's very it was very vague. And I hit up Chris Hussey because he's Mr. Media Guy in my eyes, because he's done he's done television actually. And um <laughs> I I was I brought up a podcast, I won't mention the name. But it was a how to game master podcast, or it was okay. a game. It was a uh, how to game master panel at a convention, and it was of course a bunch of podcasters that were talking about how to run a game and what you could do and da 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 da. And I'm like, snooze, snore, hit, you know, delete, blah. And that's fine. Like I know there is some very good advice, mm-hmm. but I mean we're. We're full of wankery, right? That's kind of what we do as a podcast. Yeah, some people don't like us. That's fine. Mudskipper. Mudskipper. I love you, Mudskipper. Um, I want to have your baby, Mudskipper. <laughs> um, so, but what I was getting at is I want to, at a convention, have a how to game master seminar, but I want to incorporate this stuff. Like, here's the deal. Yes, you need to know the rules, but more importantly, what game masters need, or especially people that go to those types of seminars or panels, mm-hmm. because usually they're a little reluctant, right? They're a little hesitant. You know, they're not and, sure. And it, and this shit isn't easy. I'm not no. saying, oh, it's easy. It's all, you, all you have to do right. no, no, is this. I'm no. saying this is what I just laid out, or what I think I laid out, hopefully, is it takes time and practice, and as I very clearly, I hope, said, Sometimes I fail at it and it doesn't work. I don't get oh, one absolutely. every session. I don't get one every session, right? Oh, but yeah. I'm, I'm striving for it. Anyway, keep going. Right, exactly. But the point of the panel or the seminar, it, actually, I want it to be very interactive. That's the component of it. Like, I want it partially improv, partially interactive, funny, lighthearted, but more importantly, to instill confidence in the people that have a reluctance or a hesitation to game master. Because I think that if you get over the reservations you have or the, I got to, I got to know, like the, the anxiety of it all, yeah, you'll, you'll run a great game. You just will. And you're going to botch a rule, but that's, guess what? Hey, that's okay. 
But part of this stuff that we're kind of talking about is ways that people kind of, well, you know, you got to kind of know the rules. Yeah, you do. But if you don't, shit's not going to, you're not, hey, nobody is going to freaking. You're not going to gamer jail. Punch you in the face. No, they're not. They're not going to punch you in the face if so you don't know that a, rule. Have we got a panel that we got to do at GameholeCon now? Is that I want to do one, but I don't know if I can get the shit together in a timely fashion because the way I want to do it is a true kind of coordinated production. All right. So you and I need to do lunch this week or next. Uh, dude, man, I, I don't know, man. I'm like biting off. I don't know. Like don't I don't know? know if this is just an hour and how to coordinate it. I mean, I've got, I mean, props, all kinds of shit I want to right, So we, we got to talk about it, though. We got to figure it out. Like, I want it to be. I'm supposed to go to Germany next month, so I'll either do it before I go or after I get back. It's borderline improv theater instructional. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I think it's got to be entertaining. Panels are great. Yes, they're informative, but they're also boring as shit. Well, it can be. Yeah. And so I think you got to, like. Grab somebody out of the audience and go, you're going to fucking game master. Here, sit at the table. Trust us. You're going to be okay. And I think just by going through that experience, they will leave and go, I can freaking game master. Yeah. Or they'll be terrified and, p- and piss their pants. And, well, you know, probably for other reasons. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that's a good. Let's talk about that outside of here. All right. And I would love to video it, and I'd love to put it out there, and I'd love to do it at all kinds of different conventions, total interactive, like, you know, same thing that Tracy Hickman kind of does with the Gen Con breakfast he does every year. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to one. I've heard it, but from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like it's way off base, but it's something that I really, because I'm just thinking, I'm like, if people showed up and thought, I mean, people would show up even if they game master, because it would be hilarious. Possibly, yeah. All right, we'll talk about this, man. We'll talk about it. I like it. Anyways, now somebody's gonna steal my idea. No, they can't. If they do, we'll sue them. Oh, good point. We got the I we do. got the law law firm of Camera, Camera, and Camera. <laughs> where, where when we call Alex, he goes, "What the fuck is wrong with you two idiots?" He hangs up on us, but he charges us every time he hangs up on us. So he's our lawyer. That's how we. That's how we. <laughs> I, I genuinely think that I'm gonna get arrested one of these days for something completely ridiculous. And I'm gonna call Alex to bail me out, and he'll be like, "Dude, I'm a freaking personal injury civil rights attorney." I, I know, don't. Dude. I don't know you. I, Click. <laughs> that's what'll happen. Son Just of a bail bitch. me out. You're my attorney, right? You represent me, right? And be like, Sean, I represented you on a motorcycle accident. Like, what's wrong with you? No. Yeah. Why are you calling me to bail you out because you were? You it know. is two in the morning, asshole. <laughs> you woke up, my kid. The dog is barking. Fuck you. Click. That'd be great. All right. So, listeners, I don't know if I made my point any better this time than I did last time, um, but this has been weighing on me a bit, and I just wanted to hash it out, talk about it out a bit. Let me know what you think. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I anywhere even close to right? Am I in the same vicinity of right? And um, we'll uh, take her from there. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Noonan. 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 Gungula. Gungula. Is that good? Go- going Gungula. Gungula. Oh, love that movie. Go oh, see Caddyshack. On your deathbed, you'll achieve total <laughs> consciousness. So I got that going for me. Well, it was something for the effort. All He's right. A, die roll. He's at Augusta. Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? He can golf 18 holes and get stoned in a bejesus belt. To this week, I was on Appendix N, which I know we mentioned before, but it's actually dropped. It dropped earlier in the month of June 2019, as you're listening to this. 
So if you want to hear me babble about uh, Martians Go Home, a book, um, go to the Appendix and podcast. Jeff Goad, one of our patrons, and Hoy are the hosts of that show. They pick a book from the Appendix N out of the DMG or something similar and talk about the book. And then they talk about how it applies to gaming, which is great. Brett's been on it as well. My episode is better. Of course that's it all is. I have, that's all I have to say about that. These guys are fun. They're awesome people. They are. Um, and then, of course, secondly, um, Origins is over with, effective mm-hmm. as we're recording this. Origins just got over. 2019 Origins Award winners. Congratulations. You can find those on ICV2 because Origins never posts them when they're actually announced. They, Why would they? Uh, they post them always like a week or a month later. So It's a, it's a secret. Love you, Origins Webmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's it for die roll. Thanks to Jesse here and Kid Kraken for the reviews on iTunes. And I did get notified of Mud Skippers. We have a service that tells us about reviews. Um, Jesse here and Kid Kraken did give us positive reviews. Well, oh, very just nice, say. very yes. friendly. Thank you, Jesse. But Mud Skippers, you know, still hates us. That's okay. I okay. I'm, I'm gonna make that person love me uh, uh all right <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make that we'll make that part of the interactive seminar love you mud skipper oh jesus what do you want to talk about next week man what are you thinking next week that's like seven days away i know it seems very close it does probably six days actually we'll have to come up with something between now and then um, when are we gonna run this damn encounter thing you said you're gonna fix it all up and i all had to do show up and look oh, pretty shit I know. I don't think it would look pretty. Orc and pie. Orc and pie. (laughs) We both survived orc and pie. (laughs) We both run orc and pie. (laughs) There's orc in a room. He's guarding some pie. What do you do? Uh, What? He kills you. Next. There we go. And the pie's a mimic. That's the... the, uh... Well, should we write an encounter for the other person? We'll have to talk. I don't know, man. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That seems to be our MO. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Well, get there. Let it go. It's all right. We're going to talk about something next week. Yeah, I'm not sure what yet. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Chases? Did we do chases? No, we have not. We should talk. We've done a little bit um, chase mechanics or mechanics we don't use. We've talked about that. Um, But you wanted to talk about like um, vehicle combat and things like that. We could go into that if you'd like. So that's one possibility, people. I have to tune in next 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 episode and see what the hell. You'll just shows. have to wait and see. Yes, yeah, just like Christmas. You're either going to be happy, elated, or like, oh, socks, socks, an avocado. Thanks. <laughs> Off we go. Fragili must be fancy. Mm-hmm. Must be Italian. All right. Well, hey, if you don't know who the hell I am, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming NBS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Andy Hall, Hawk Sparrow, Larry Haupt, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Braslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, Sean Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Angus, Howard Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salzweedle, Trevor Davis, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Rich Wishon, 
Chad, Gleyman, Finolf, Merkel, Freilich, Lord Tentacle, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, and Jeff Seifert. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This, this has, has been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio production. production.